Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, if it's your first time. We focus on some smaller elements of jazz recorded history, and we're actually going to follow up a podcast we did almost a year ago uh, with another one on the same artist, and that artist is Joe Thomas, who is a trumpet player. There were several players in jazz named Joe Thomas, a tenor sax player who we heard quite a bit of on the Jimmy Lunchford broadcasts, and there was another uh, Joe Thomas Reed player who was unrelated to them. Uh, I guess they're all unrelated, actually. And this Joe Thomas, who was a trumpet player, as I said. He was born just outside of uh, St. Louis, in 1907, I believe it was, and he came up in the St. Louis brass tradition. St. Louis had a great uh, uh, history of brass, especially trumpet players. There were quite a few great jazz players in the early days of jazz history. We have uh, Charlie Creeth and Dewey Jackson and people like that. Then later on, you get into people like uh, Ed Allen and Clark Terry and Miles Davis even. But Joe Thomas uh, didn't have to take a backseat to any of those. He uh, grew up in the 1910s uh, studying trumpet in that tradition. He became quite a formidable technician, had a magnificent sound, as we will hear, um, and also a good reading ability and uh, an excellent uh, sense of improvisation and melodic sense as well. So by the middle 1920s, he was touring around the Midwest with some territory bands. He made his first recordings as a blues accompanist in about 1927. By uh, the early 1930s, he was in New York, and he was playing in some big bands and some uh, smaller groups as well. He made quite a few recording dates. He did one with Alex Hill. Uh, He played with the Fletcher Henderson Band. He later played with uh, Benny Carter's band. Uh, was uh, very well known uh, among African-American jazz musicians at the time, even if the audience didn't know him. He recorded with uh, Lil uh, Armstrong's small group and uh, quite a few others in the 30s. By the 1940s, he was still occasionally playing with big bands, but he was uh, very much uh, valued for his contributions to small groups on Swing Street, 52nd Street in New York. He recorded and played with Barney Bagard, with Edmund Hall, with... uh, Uh, quite a few other groups. And he led dates uh, for Keynote, which we heard on our first podcast, and we heard him as a sideman on several other Keynote dates. Today we're going to be listening to some recordings he made for three different, uh, on three different sessions, I should say. One for uh, the Hot Record Society under his own name, one uh, with Don Bias for the uh, Jamboree label, and one uh, with Joe Marsala for the Black and White label. And that's the one we're going to start with, because this is kind of a, an interesting session. Black and White was a record company that uh, espoused integration, as the name might suggest. Uh, they were founded in 1943 in New York and recorded uh, quite a few jazz sessions with a lot of different uh, players from different uh, styles of jazz, Dixieland jazz, blues, swing, even bebop as well for a couple of years. Then they moved to the West Coast and they became known as more of a rhythm and blues and early rock and roll label, but we're obviously more interested in the first blush of jazz recordings for black and white. So the recording uh, date we're going to hear came from November 29th of 1944. It was actually very productive. It included four instrumentals and two blues accompaniments. And I don't know if we're going to get to all of them today, but we're going to hear at least five of the six. This band was Joe Marsala and his orchestra. Joe Marsala was a clarinet player who was born in Chicago in 1907. Uh, he came up playing uh, in the New Orleans style. He was very much influenced by Jimmy Noon and uh, 
played uh, in quite a few uh, Chicago groups, saxophone and clarinet, until the late 1920s, early 1930s, when he came to New York. Wingy Manone brought him to play with his group uh, at the Hickory House. And after Wingy took off, Joe Marsala took over the band at the Hickory House and led a band there for about 10 years. He had a remarkably stable group, although he was raided from time to time uh, by big band leaders. Uh, Tommy Dorsey, in particular, took several of his musicians, including a very young Buddy Rich on drums. So this group, uh, as I said, November 29, 1944, was the core of the group that he was leading at the Hickory House with a couple of guest stars, one of whom was Joe Thomas on trumpet. So we're going to hear Thomas, along with Joe Marsal on clarinet, Charlie Queener on piano, Chuck Wayne, very young Chuck Wayne, uh, doing some neo-bop uh, guitar work here, Irv Lang on bass, Buddy Christian on drums, and Marcello's wife, Adele Girard, on harp. We didn't have many jazz harpists in those days. We don't have many these days either. But Adele Girard was very accomplished, and uh, I think you'll be interested in her take on jazz harp. So we're going to hear uh, four tunes to begin with, and uh, these are the instrumental tunes. We may stick in the fifth. We'll see. The first one is Romance. It's a Walter Donaldson tune, which was originally a waltz here done in very swing fashion. Then we're going to hear Zero Hour, which was a tune by Chuck Wayne that has some very innovative scoring for clarinet and harp and guitar. Uh, it does sound more like a bebop tune, even with the personnel here. Then a fast blues called the Jojo Jump, which will feature a lot of very fine Joe, Tom, uh, rather, uh, Joe Thomas on trumpet. Then a Joe Marsala tune called Don't Let It End, and that was his theme song, I believe, for a while at the Hickory House. He uh, um, was a, a pretty good songwriter, and he composed a few things that uh, came to be known pretty well in later years, including a pop tune by him and his wife, Adele Girard, called Little Sir Echo. And in later life, Joe Marsala became a music producer as well. He gave up playing in the late 40s and only returned occasionally. So we're going to uh, have those four tunes, Romance, Zero Hour, Jojo Jump, and Don't Let It End, and I think we're going to stick one of those blues accompaniments in. This is called The Blues in the Storm, a tune by Leonard Feather, the jazz critic, and this will feature, in addition to the band we just heard, uh, Linda Keene on vocal, and on piano, It will hear uh, we will hear Leonard Feather instead of Charlie Queener. So... This is the Joe Marsala Orchestra, or Joe Marsala Sextet on some issues, for Black and White Records, uh, featuring Joe Thomas on trumpet. Romance, Zero Hour, Jojo Jump, Don't Let It End, and Blues in the Storm. Thank you. 
have a, a nice crossover session uh, between bebop and swing with even some traditional New Orleans style jazz thrown in. Black and White was kind of famous for that. They did a lot of sessions with uh, a, an odd mix of musicians, but it always seemed to work. Joe Marsala and his orchestra, or sextet depending on the issue, featured Joe Thomas on trumpet, Joe Marsala on clarinet, Charlie Queener on piano, Chuck Wayne on guitar, Irv Lang on bass, Buddy Christian on drums, and Adele Gerard on harp. And on that last 
tune, Blues in the Storm, we heard Leonard Feather on piano and Linda Keene on vocals. And we started out with Romance, the uh, Walter Donaldson tune, followed by Zero Hour, that very interesting uh, tune that incorporated the harp very nicely, written by Chuck Wayne. Uh, Jojo Jump, uh, Fast Blues, and then a ballad that was used as a theme song for the Marsala group, Don't Let It End, by Joe Marsala. So in continuing on our Joe Thomas uh, peregrination here, we're going to go to 1945, January 23rd of 1945, which was only about two months after the session we just heard for Black and White. This was done for the Jamboree label, one of the many small uh, jazz-oriented labels that opened up in New York uh, in the wake of the recording ban from 1942 to 1943. The big companies, Victor and Decca, Columbia, and even Capital uh, were slower to come to terms with the musicians' union, but the smaller companies that sprouted up took advantage of the vacuum and started making recordings of uh, lots of different players. This uh, recording features Don Bias, the great tenor sax player, African-American tenor sax player, born in 1912 in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma, and uh, ended up in New York in the 1930s. He was playing with Eddie Mallory's band and then soon went with the Count Basie band in 1941-42. He uh, uh, replaced... Um, Lester Young after a while, uh, and it uh, didn't sound like Lester Young, though, it had a much darker sound, and uh, he was uh, responsible for that m monumental tenor sax solo on the Harvard Blues recording that the Basie Band did, and uh, he recorded it under his own name later on. But he was a, a big uh, presence on 52nd Street in the middle 1940s. He was in some of the early bop bands with Dizzy Gillespie. We've heard them on a podcast a while back, and... Uh, did uh, some recording with Don Redmond's band when they went over to Europe in the late 1940s, and he more or less stayed over in Europe after that. He came back from time to time, but he pretty much was a European resident from about 1950 to 1972 when he passed on. This group is the Don Bias All-Star Quintet, recording for Jamboree, January 23rd, 1945. We're going to hear Joe Thomas on trumpet and Don Bias on tenor sax, uh, very exposed for both of them, so we get to hear uh, how they intertwine and uh, use their sounds in a jazz way. We're going to hear Johnny Guarneri on piano, Billy Taylor on bass, and Cozy Cole on drums. And the tunes we're going to hear are, first of all, an original by Don Bias called the Jamboree Jump, followed by the standard pennies from heaven, then a nice ballad performance of the Russ Columbo and Con Conrad tune, You Call It Madness, But I Call It Love, and we're going to end up with a fast version of Should I? So this is the Don Bias All-Star Quintet featuring Joe Thomas on trumpet and those tunes I just mentioned, Jamboree Jump, Pennies from Heaven, You Call It Madness, and Should I? Thank you. 
That was the Don Bias All-Star Quintet featuring Joe Thomas on trumpet recording for Jamboree in January of 1945. Johnny Guarneri was on piano. He was a... uh a member of the family that made the famous Guarnerius violins in Italy, and uh, he was a ubiquitous presence on these small group sides in the 1940s. He had a um, special attachment to tenor saxes, or they to him. He did all of the uh, uh, best sessions, not all of them, but many of the best sessions were done by Don Bias, Lester Young, Ben Webster, and Coleman Hawkins for all the different labels, Keynote and Savoy, Jamboree, you name it, and he was on it. So those were... uh, Four sides from there, also featuring, by the way, Billy Taylor on bass and Cozy Cole on drums. Some excellent, excellent Joe Thomas playing, but hard to get around Don Bias's tenor sax playing there. Started out with the Jamboree Jump, which was sort of a take on uh, Stomping at the Savoy with a slightly different bridge. Then we went to Pennies from Heaven, and then the ballad feature for Don Bias, although Joe Thomas got some uh, innings on that too. You call it madness, but I call it love. And then we finished up with a stomping version of Should I Reveal Exactly How I Feel, the Don Bias All-Star Quintet. So, we're going to do one more session featuring Joe Thomas, and this is under his name. He only recorded uh, as a leader a few times. Two times in the 1940s and then occasionally in the 50s and 60s. He lived into the early 1980s, um, but his uh, playing days were pretty much done by the mid-70s. He had ill health and uh, bad luck and so forth, but he was a fairly busy musician up through the 50s and 60s anyway on the mainstream sessions. He uh, was on some of the Buck Clayton Jam sessions on the Fletcher Henderson Reunion All-Stars and uh, a number of other Dixieland sides as well. We heard uh, the other session under his own name for Keynote uh, in our other podcast, and on this one we're going to finish up with the Joe Thomas Big Six recording in February of 1946 for the Hot Record Society, HRS. And we're going to be doing some podcasts uh, largely featuring the Hot Record Society recordings coming up, just a, a little treasure trove of small group jazz from the mid to late 40s, swing, bebop, and some uncharacterizable things as well, uncategorizable. 
So this Joe Thomas Big Six is also uh, a group that backs his wife, Babe Matthews, on vocals. And four sides, two of them feature Babe Matthews and two of them are instrumentals. We're going to start with the two Babe Matthews sides. One is called No Better For You and He's Got So Much. So those two tunes will feature the vocal stylings of Babe Matthews. And the other two tunes are uh, Touch of Blue and Riff Street. And those are going to feature the band without the vocal. And the band consists of Joe Thomas on trumpet, Lem Davis on alto sax. We heard him with the Eddie Haywood sextet. Ted Nash was a, a uh, white player on tenor sax. He did some excellent work with Lester Brown, or Les Brown, rather, and uh, was an early pioneer of altissimo playing. And we'll hear a little bit of that coming up. Jimmy Jones, great uh, sideman pianist. He didn't like soloing, apparently, but he was an excellent soloist nonetheless. Billy Taylor, again, is on bass. And Denzel Best on drums. And Denzel Best is one of the more modern stylists we're hearing today. So those are our four tunes. No Better For You, He's Got So Much, Touch of Blue, and Riff Street. No better for you No better for you Say, mister, just what did you do To get that girl to fall for you She's awfully fine and so true blue No better for you With the Dougie's I know a lot of chicks today Who'd gladly give a whole week pay If you would glance just what's their way No better for you With your Dougie's When you walk down the avenue Chicks all stand in line When you pass them by They sigh much fine many times She never has another day when you call, she's never late. What you put down, it must be great. No better for you when you dug yourself.
So there we have it, Joe Thomas' Big Six. Uh, we finished up with Riff Street, which was a tune by Joe Thomas, and uh, before that was A Touch of Blue, co-composed by Joe Thomas and pianist Jimmy Jones. Heard some beautiful tenor sax by Ted Nash on there, also Lem Davis on alto, Jimmy Jones on piano, Billy Taylor on bass, and Denzel Best on drums, with uh, solo honors really going to the leader in that case, Joe Thomas on both of those tunes. We started out with the same group backing Thomas's wife, Babe Matthews, on two tunes. Uh, the first was No Better For You, and He's Got so much. Both of those tunes were uh, co-composed by the husband and wife, Joe Thomas and Babe Matthews, and those were recorded in February of 1946 for HRS, the Hot Record Society. So we hope you've enjoyed this program of Joe Thomas, not terribly well-known trumpet player from this period, and uh, whose career went back to the late 20s and extended up into the 1970s, a really immaculate trumpet-playing sound and just a wonderful sense of melody. He captured a lot of what Louis Armstrong did in terms of solo structure and grandeur and things like that. Just a marvelous, marvelous player. So we want to thank you for joining us here on the Jazz Focus and hope to see you again soon. If you'd like to sponsor us, please consider doing so. Hit that little button and join the family. We've got lots more shows coming up and lots more ideas. And if you care to go back in the archives, we've been doing this as of today when I'm recording this program. On April 3rd of 2021, we have been going for just exactly a year and two days. And I think we have about 140, 150 podcasts in the can right now. So quite a bit of jazz for you to explore. So I'll see you on the other side.